Wendy. And I'm Heather. Welcome to our podcast, Queer Religion. We're going to be having a conversation about where your spirituality and sexual identity overlap. Consider it a conversation between friends. Maybe out for a drink, like a boba tea. Hmm, a boba tea maybe with rainbows and unicorns. Yes, that sounds awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's kind of start at the beginning then let's... well let's do that but before oh, yeah. we start just to notice again we're just starting this podcast so a couple oh, disclaimers yes. um you may hear random noises we 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 set aside in the age of COVID a very safe space and we're making sure I have safe social distancing but in our background <clears throat> you're going to be hear some entertaining noises maybe some racket ball or uh street sounds and we apologize for that we are trying to get this up to par and a better quality as soon as we possibly can but we didn't want to wait any longer because we think that this conversation matters so if you were here for our first podcast heather shared her story um on her journey of faith and so yeah um welcome back if you're listening to the episode today we're excited to have you yes thanks for coming back yes all right well now as we get started wendy if you just wanted to kind of set up the scene Right? So as you were growing up, what was Faith's role in your life? How did it fit into your family, your day-to-day? What did that look like in the early years? In the early years? (laughs) Well, I grew up Adventist and probably, I would say, I didn't think so at the time, but fairly conservative um, Adventist. So uh, in a rural town in Arkansas. So I lived out in the country. We had lots of farms around us and then we went to church in the next town over um, where there was where there was a school so um, the school was connected to the high school and so I went to um, an Adventist elementary school uh, and we homeschooled until first grade and then I went to Adventist high school um, and so pretty much my whole contact and my construct was religious connected so it was pretty much what we did and and we didn't always stay all day but we definitely had um, you know our routines we would clean the house Friday make sure it was ready by sundown and then we would have our meals all prepped so that's Saturday Friday Saturday we would have church and then we would do different activities either a special you know hike a special um, reading so it's it's similar in in nature to you know having a, a special full day and we would do that all the way till sundown on Saturday night so as we got older, we would go up to the school where they would have like a Vespers Friday night and then a closing Vespers Saturday night. And then we would have friends over in the afternoon to come have lunch, but it was always a full 24 hours set aside. And then prayer meeting, not so much, like but sometimes, uh, cause it was a long way to the next town over. Um, but yeah, we were involved in church pretty often. We did um, mission trips, um, I think from the time that I was probably about I think 13 is the first time my parents got connected to that. We did Pathfinders, which is like religious scouts, okay. Girl scouts and Girl Scouts mixed together. So we do that every Tuesday. Um, my mom helped with that, and my sister and my brother and I would go. So pretty much that was what our community revolved around was either school, which was Adventist, um, or activities connected to school like Pathfinders and then church on the weekend. So. And then most of the the friend groups that I had were connected to. But since I lived in rural Arkansas, my nearest neighbor was, you know, not so close by. Okay. And you, it was long distance, so it was before the age of cell phones. Let me <laughs> date myself. Uh, so no one to call. you didn't really call anyone. So when you did connect, it was at school or in or in church groups that were run through there. 
So it's fair to say that your whole community and like the whole, I guess, like contact in your life was was through the it lens was. of the church. Social interaction was pretty much all through the church. Our neighbors who were older than I was were not um, Adventist. I think they were probably Christian based, um, and we would see them, you know. But they they were older, so by the time I was, I don't know, in they would come over to play when we were young, but by the time I was in school, they had already grown up and gone off to college. Mm. So, you know, but they were our closest non-adult neighbors, so they would come over and play sometimes, and we would do that. But then after that, yeah, everything was through pretty much the church um, school group, yeah. And so sharing a little bit about the Adventist faith, like what's their perspective on sort of the role of the person in the family and and like how does sexuality play into the the view of Adventists? So in, in general, I mean the Adventist church's um, lens is that the Bible is a literal a literal interpretation. So okay. a literal six days, seven days of creation, um, you know, seventh day Saturday. Um, that you should definitely be careful on what you put in your body, that your body is a temple that you are housed in. Um, on, on top of that, then education's a real big deal, like educating people, missions, making sure that um, you are service, definitely service-oriented and value, valuing community and, and people and, and stuff like that. Remind me of the next question you asked me was. Uh, how does, like, sex and sexuality, oh, sex like, and how, sexuality. how does that yeah. view? How does that view into it? Um, so growing up, we, <laughs> I don't know about the churches growing up because I was, um, let's see, we had health class in like fifth grade, but I had strep, so. Oh, missed out. I missed out. I came back to finding um, health papers in my desk that I had to make up on my own. Uh, a, a nice little girl's packet, feminine packet, which I came back to in my desk as a fifth grader, and I was horrified and embarrassed to find in my desk having not understood that everyone else got them too. I was just... It was just a secret one for you. A secret one for me, right? Like, highly embarrassed. Um, my parents, who are, are very good people, my mom is not a... We don't really discuss a lot about sexuality, especially at that age. Um, I got given the, um, a book about your, your parts and how you change into a woman. Okay. Um, it was a good one, very basic and, like, straightforward. And she said, here's a book. And um, being the non-discussing child that I was at the age of 13, I was highly embarrassed. And um, she's like, here's a book. Do you want to talk about it? No. She's like, well, you can read it. Um, and so I read it, right? And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is all this stuff? Well, I didn't say gosh because that was not said. But, um, oh, okay. yes. So I read it. And then later she's like, so do you have any questions? I was like, no. <laughs> So a lot of independent study on the topic then. Well, and that was it, right? So then I get into high school, right? And there's health class. And I was just like, why is everyone such, this is like, I don't really care to talk about this. You know, freshman year, we had a bunch of guys in our class who would like make jokes to our health teacher who was new. Oh. So it was kind of like this whole, I'm an awkward person anyway. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. If you haven't met me, very awkward. That is one of my uh, super, super powers <laughs> is awkwardness. And um, yeah, so I just remember being, it's an embarrassing thing, um, but it was, I mean, clearly health education, which included sex, but it also included like your physical health, your mental health and stuff like that. Definitely abstinence was the way to go. No sex until marriage. Got it. Um, I don't know that they really did the True Love Weights program, but it definitely was involved in your curriculum that you should, you know, sex was for marriage. 
we had in high school, I think, um, part of our religious class in our senior year, right? So all the way when you're 19 (laughs) was about like family and religion. So like you had to like plan your budget. There was a section of curriculum on that, Um, like say dating and sex until marriage, right? Which being the awkward human that I was, and also I'm gay. So I didn't really connect all of those two. Um, Were you connected to the fact that you were gay yet? No. Okay, so also no, not connected to also that. Also not connected okay. to that, right? right? Like, I was like, oh, I just like to spend time with my friends. Um, I'm just going to play, do gymnastics, play sports. You know, everyone was dating guys, and you had to have a, a date to the banquet, right? So I would have dates to the banquet, and they were super awkward. And <laughs> I would much rather torture my friends by throwing red hots down their dresses or playing cards with my friends. Like, that was my focus. So I clearly was just not connected to my sexuality. At that age, I was too busy having fun or or doing sports or doing studies or doing mission trips or having fun with my friends who were women. Like, I did not connect those two. I should have. Retrospectively, I could have, but I I did not. Could you have? Did you know about, like, gayness even at that time? Was it? No one just really, nobody talked about it. It wasn't a topic, really, so. Because I know, like, for me, I was so oblivious to even gayness the being of being gay that it definitely was not on my radar right but like did you know about gayness but we're like oh that's not for me or were you just like I just like having fun with my friends I was really (laughs) just like I was like uh, so about having fun with my friends but I didn't connect those two things like it just wasn't it's like that's not something that the church condones and nobody actually talks about it so and I wasn't experimenting sexually at all because I didn't even have a boyfriend through high school. Like I went on one date in high school my senior year and I came back um, to talk to my friends about it and um, you know, they give me such a hard time. Like they held me down and tortured me for details, right? And I was just like horribly horrified because it was such an awkward experience to go on a date with a guy outside of the actual school function that it was just almost traumatic. Like it was just not fun. I didn't enjoy it. I was like, why do people do this? It's just not fun. Like, why? Who? I would much rather hang out with my friends, who yeah. clearly I'm, I felt comfortable with and probably liked. I just didn't give myself permission to you mm. know, think about those things. Okay. Or they didn't. It didn't connect. So no, I didn't. Religiously and spiritually, that my sexuality, I didn't cross over until later. Probably. Probably college is where I first had to start dealing with that, and it. Um, was just such a different, I was just all in, no, and religious, religious things, like I was very religiously connected, I wanted to be a good person, and I wanted to, to be a good Christian, and uh, yeah, because I, those things were very valuable, and they were valued in my home, yeah. And so then, where's the moment where that changed? Where's the moment where that changed? Oh, God. Or was it a moment, or was it like a slow kind of, like chipping away at, I don't know, what, what, what was that experience like, where you, where you noticed for the first time that where I couldn't deny it anymore ah I is see. That, so is there that was some you... denial there okay <laughs> all right know, you know. long journey okay very that's long okay. journey so I'm a late in lifer that's all right definitely late in life gold star um no status symbol not at all um I don't know <laughs> if that's a status symbol it's just clearly I was not connected with myself um I think in college was the first time where I had to like be like, what is going on? Because um, again, like people were like, oh, are you gonna date him? Was like, no, I just, you know, I haven't found the right guy. I um, mean, even through college, um, people would be like, well, you know, 
what are you going to do for a living? It's like, I don't think I'll be a doctor because I want to get married and have a family. I just haven't found the right guy, right? I told okay. this someone the other day and they laughed because I was like, I can't. How did you not know this? And I was just like, I'm sorry. I don't know. I just didn't. <laughs> um, but no, I had a, a, a friend in college that I really liked. I really liked her. And I didn't connect those. But I did undeniably one time. I think I was sharing space, sharing sleeping space, I think. And, um, and I was clearly aroused oh, okay so the physical reaction physical reaction and i remember being just horrified like what is going on like this can't be right like what is going on and so I, clearly i must Did I, it freak you out yeah it freaked me out completely like i remember like going in the bathroom and having a moment to myself being like what the hell is going on <laughs> what right is like what me? is happening to me <laughs> this isn't normal my body doesn't usually do this right um and i just from that moment like i remember being like oh i don't know what's going on right like mm. and i just kind of shelved it and um yeah for some reason it still wasn't like you're gay right like it was just like oh this isn't maybe i just need to you know probably everyone does everyone i mean everyone shares beds with their friends right yes so this is normal right like yeah. is this how everyone feels is that how everyone feels well, i'm not gonna talk to anybody about it but um uh so no i think that was the first first part of that um I even got called into a counseling office to, they were like, so are you gay? And I was oh, like, wow. So other people so were other wondering. people were wondering, right? But and you were like, like, no, no I'm not gay. I'm going to find the right, I just haven't found the right guy. I clearly, like, literally, and I believed it too, right? I was like, no, I'm not gay. Like, why would you ask that? Like, So you were really genuinely surprised. Genuinely surprised that people would ask that. I had my, hmm, my, one of my brother's girlfriends was like, so, you know, I was just wondering if you wanted to date. And I was like, I like I cried for a whole night and then asked one of my friends like why would anyone ask me if I'm gay like I'm just not I'm not gay like why would they ask if I want to date another woman like who would do that like I was just so like I'm a good Christian like why would I even who would who would think that like I haven't I, I don't hit on women like I don't understand why people would ask that so I made it all the way out of college like all the way out of college thinking and I had a couple other experiences where I remember like physically having that reaction and being like this isn't okay this is not okay it's not right yeah but I didn't connect like oh I'm gay and that feeling though that feeling of it not being right do you was that connected to your faith upbringing oh yeah yeah so for some reason like nobody told me well I guess my cousin's experience was is um you know he he is gay and had come out and had a, a boyfriend. But we just always thought it was his friend, right? Like, but I remember hearing like snippets of discussion where people were like, "Oh, that's not okay." Um, those snippets I remember catching, but I just didn't digest it. I just knew that somehow it was, it wasn't okay. And then the biblical text, like I read my Bible through and through. Like mm -hmm. that's and I was a committed Adventist Christian. Like I, I was. I, I could quote pretty much any text to you, so I knew that as far as homosexuality goes, that that was wrong, and it's not something that you did, um, but I didn't connect that that was me, right? Mm. Like, I just, outwardly, I saw all these, well, no, God loves people how they are, but that's, you know, um, not the right thing if I'm a good Christian Adventist, like this. Which I am, which, which I, I saw am. yourself, right? It's, so it's like, so in that case, I, I cannot be. be this other thing. No, it's what I want to be. I don't feel like I am there yet, okay. but I want to be. And so those were the, the things that, that overlapped for me. Um, so I made the iconic moment, because I know this is a really long story. but um, No, it's good. 
Uh, the iconic moment for me was I still didn't get it, right? Like, so I went, I, I taught in the Adventist school. I taught for a very long time. So I went from all Adventist elementary to all Adventist high school to all Adventist college. And then when I graduated, I got a job teaching in an Adventist school. So this is my whole world. And this is the same community that you were, not just like the same so, faith, but the same like Arkansas community. Great question. So I went from Arkansas, I went to college in Texas, which is in, a major hub and then I went and got a job in New Mexico okay so but because the Adventist word is so small you know people who know people who know uh. people or you know some of the same people who used to live somewhere else okay um, and so I taught health class I taught religion I taught sciences but in you know in that whole construct in between my last year of college um, in my first year teaching, we had to take a class called Religion in the SDA School. And I read stuff in there in which, um, in order to be a good Christian, like you should also, like, it was like all or none, right? Like for some, for me, it was like, okay, if I'm going to be a good Christian, then I can't not follow these other things. Like it needs to be, if I believe that this is true, then I have to follow all of them, not just some of them. Because I don't, hypocrisy, I'm not okay with that. So like, very strict. Like I'm gonna to the standards of I'm gonna fill these standards, and if okay. these standards are the standard, then I, I I'm doing I'm, it. I'm I'm gonna do it, right? Like I don't care, and I you know experienced a lot of very hard things. Like I didn't play competitive sports because I thought that I would you know that was like my god, so I skipped competitive sports. Like I was all in, so I didn't play a lot of things that I could have played because I was too worried about being you know putting God first, um, and then. So between my end of my college year and my um, teaching, like I had read all of these things for teaching religion in the SDA school, which included things like uh, you should dress femininely. And I hate dresses, I always have, from the time I was a little. Like this is a problem, a textural problem and a functional problem. I can't run, you can't move. Yeah, yeah. People can see up your dress if you do things. And always on Saturdays you had to wear a dress. So I, oh, okay. you know, I, clearly I wore them, but I hated them. And I decided that if God asked me to wear a dress and to be feminine, that I would do that. Like I would sacrifice and do that. Because you made a lot of sacrifices wanted. to meet the standards of your beliefs. I did, right? And so, ironically enough, I was wearing more dresses. I wore dresses all the time at that point for, I don't know, probably three years, a good three or four years. Um, ate vegan, uh, so no cheese, because it was healthier. And if your body's a temple, like this was, yeah, a lot of expectations. I was trying to be the best Christian that I could be. And then I was representing not just a church, but God to kids. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite about what I'm doing. And personally, I believed, you know, those things at that point in time. So um, sexuality was just, you know, I haven't found the right guy, but boy, am I invested into all these expectations, right? And then, you know, service and, and sacrificing for to help people find God and, and to help them meet him for themselves and um so I met a woman about three years into teaching and I was super attracted to and like to the point that I wanted to kiss her right so this I bet is that a, was shocking for you very shocking right because <laughs> I did not feel the need to kiss any guy right so but I, there's a large difference to being like super attracted to somebody and just being like there's chemistry like yes oh I know oh I cannot <laughs> 
I'm good. We're on the same page. I was like, oh, I know about chemistry. Been there. Right? Chemistry. Yeah. So I did, right? And I mean, I, that kind of chemistry. Not, like, school. not no, school chemistry. No, don't get it twisted. At all? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. no, that one is not the same. Oh, but no. it is. Having taught that, I can tell you it's all relational. Oh. The next one. Nobody wants to listen to <laughs> all the dynamics of chemistry. Tell me more about the kissing. No. Oh, oh, the kissing. Back to the kissing. So I wanted to, like, I felt so attracted that one, one night sharing because I had gone to visit and I... I did, like, at night, I thought she was sleeping, right? Like, I, like, kissed the back of her neck, which is super creepy, right? Like, who does that? So creepy. Um, and then, like, <laughs> apparently she wasn't sleeping, and we made out. Like, oh, uh, no. So my first intimate, like, then I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, and I remember the next one, like, this isn't right. I can't do this. And I remember pulling out my Bible, reading all the reasons why this wasn't okay. And then being like, nope, this isn't okay. I can't do this. This is, like, we can't do this. And then we... Stayed the night later. So the next night again, right? Like, so it's like I'm I'm now intimate with people. So sexual chemistry, and now what do I do with this? And I spent for I don't know how many years after that, just in this cycle of uh, this isn't okay. God can't love me if I do this. This isn't spiritually okay. I'm representing him to. I can't talk to anybody about this mm. because it's wrong. And I'm 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 representing an entire. Like a whole community. A whole community that I am a good Christian. And I'm still wearing dresses and I'm still vegan. But I had been intimate with a woman. And um, and what did that do for you personally? Like what, what, what were you feeling about yourself inside if you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, no, I felt like I couldn't be saved. And that God didn't love me um, for who I was because I was betraying everything that he wanted me to be. Um, and so it was an, a definite struggle. Um, spiritually like just feeling extremely ashamed and extremely guilty and, and like a bad person like I felt like a bad person um, even though you're doing all those other things right even though I kept the Sabbath from sundown to sunset yeah um, like I tried my best to treat people well I, I did service I would go out on the weekend and try and find people who like to talk to homeless or visit or you know or go for a nature hike or yeah but even with all of those, all it of still those felt things, like this is the thing like, that's I'm, keeping me from God. I will not be able to be saved in God. I don't have a good enough connection. Because if I had a good enough connection, I wouldn't be wanting this. Mm. Like, I wouldn't be um, doing these things if I was... Like, clearly, if I loved God enough, I wouldn't do this. Like, why would I want this? Why would I do these things that I know? I know, biblically, homosexuality in the Bible is... It's a literal interpretation. It's pretty clear if you would literally interpret a King James version. There's no question on on in my head at that time. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I realize that there is much more. Right, but where you were in that space and your beliefs and how you grown that like was that was in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, and who I was was not okay, and That's so that really was really heavy. Uh, yeah, mid twenties. Um, it it was extremely difficult. Um, probably well, probably late twenties. By the time I was in my early thirties, uh, I think around two thousand eight, I went to a master's program, um, and uh, so I went to a master's program. And I had, you know, been like tr in and out of, of, you know, I can't be intimate with anyone. Uh, and then if I ever was, then I would feel such horrible shame and guilt and self disgust and reproach like this you know and then I would try and pray more or try and be better or try and, and not just because but because I felt like 
for I guess for some reason, I didn't feel like God loved me how it was, and um, and I had to. Not that my salvation was based on what I did, but if I loved him enough, I would do these things. Like, that was what I believed, and I had been taught, really, is that if you love God enough, you would be willing to let go of the things that were inappropriate. And so I spent years trying to do that. Um, so I, I went to a master's program, and, and this whole time, like, I'd had, you know, a guy who liked me, and then I would just never date them. I would just hang out with them, whatever, and then they'd ask me to date them. I'd even say, I would tell them no, because I just... Whatever reason. <laughs> clearly, I wasn't interested. It was easy to be like, and... No, thank no. you. I really, you're a good person. I like you, but no. We're just, you're, you're too this, or I, I'm not interested. I'm too busy, you know, and I... All the excuses that I, that I could find. Um, so as far as religion went, right, like... Um, I felt like... I would find the right guy still. Somehow I convinced myself that that was still going to be a thing, despite having a cousin who's gay. Um, and clearly I thought that God would be okay saving him. Interesting, but, but I, you. I knew better, right? Like, <laughs> I knew better, and this wasn't okay. Which is, mm. talk about it a little bit. Um, <laughs> we'll just uh, talk about it. No. <laughs> that's all right, but, that's all right. I mean, right, it's where we are. It's how we see ourselves. It changes over time with experiences so you're in this space this yeah. like cycle of and I struggling with yourself and your faith and no one knows no you one have knows. no one to talk to no because I was worried I would be fired because you can't be gay and hold a position in the church Definitely. and so I, I taught for a religious institution um, so I didn't even want to tell people I was gay and I wouldn't even answer like like when you're healthcare like questions that you have about that like They'd be like, do you need birth control? No, no, no. I need nothing. Nothing. I'm not touching anyone. <laughs> right, because I didn't want that information to get back to my employer or anyone I was connected to and then be a bad example to people who were young um, to have to run their concept of who God was because of my poor example. Um, so I didn't talk to anybody about it until I think I made it to 2008. And by that point in time, yeah. <laughs> All right. I made it to 2008 before I went because um, I thought, no, 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 it's just, you know, this can go away. I can I just need to be a better Christian and, you know, love God more and this won't be a problem. And um, I went to a master's program and there was a girl there that was bisexual. And this is at an Adventist college also. Like and I, she was an out bisexual at this Adventist She wasn't out because she was an out. I mean, she was out. She was an out bisexual who had come in. She was part of the program. We had quite a few non-Adventists who were part of the master's program because it's oh, so she was an outsider one of the few in Adventist. the country. Yeah, it was oh, okay. one of the few outdoor education programs in the country. It was a great program. Um, but so we had a lot of people come in to get a master's degree in that. And I had been fortunate to be a part of that. And so um, I remember going to that program and being like feeling attracted that chemistry again and then being like oh no what's right? happening it's happening again. again no 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 this can't be I thought it was just this one no this can't be right and then one day she kissed me and I was like and I would go out of my way to find time to spend with her like I would go out of my way to find ways of interacting and I was like finally and she kissed me one day and I remember finally calling one of my friends from high school and just crying oh. on the phone and being like I think I like women and being what was that like that moment oh I like... cried I just bawled I was horrified I was like 
and she's like, that's, I mean, I'm happy to keep that safe for you, that secret, if you want. She's like, but I want you to know that I care about you, how you are. And she did the best coming out you could have ever had, but that was the first time that I could not deny that I apparently liked women. Apparently. Apparently. Apparently, this is how this I This wasn't just a fad. Right, it, was it wasn't like just one person. It was theme, and I couldn't deny. But then, I, still, what I did was, she was like, hey, let's meet up. And I met up with her at a... Uh, I think it was a bar or something to get a drink. I don't know. And I didn't even drink because you don't that do that, don't right? Drink, yeah. You don't drink. Um, so I had my Sprite and was waiting for him to come in. Like, I don't know. We went to eat. No, probably that one was at it. I think we went to get something to eat just to hang. And um, I had literally pulled my Bible out of my bag, which I carried with me everywhere. And I proceeded to explain to her, horrible. This is a horrible, horrible person. So this is the intersection of my religion and my sexuality horrible horrible I would never do this way again I explained to her why that I couldn't do this because of Adam and Eve man and woman were supposed to be together and how this is I believe that that wasn't okay horrible I I why who would ever do that like then this is where representation of my Christianity and my sexuality like I would never want someone to have to listen to that but that's what I did that's where you were you know we we all do things where it's like it's you know what? This, it this complete, is where I like was. It's, so there's this complete and, contradiction. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because that's where that's literally where you were as a person. Like, as a person. I am feeling this, but I am believing this other thing, and they are crashing into each other, and this Huge. cannot be. It cannot be. And you need to know that. <laughs> because you are trying to kiss me. You <laughs> did So we need to square this away. Stop this way. I can't do this. Right? And I just... Oh, and then I had another several summers where I intersected with her every summer. <laughs> Interesting. But at least I had someone who, um, you know, my friend was so, so gracious, who's also Adventist, right, but who had progressed enough to, uh, to have conversations around that topic. And I, you know, horribly gut-riching and painful conversations, and I, you know, it's not okay, I can't do this. Um, but I still didn't get any other support than that, and that's the only person I ever talked to about that at all um so i didn't ever have anyone in the church because no one like there are a lot of people who probably knew i was gay but they didn't push the issue and they never treated me poorly because of that um and i'm I'm pretty sure like i've had people tell me they knew that i was gay but they never mistreated me but i personally mistreated myself um, because i didn't think it was okay wow um and that God couldn't love me how I was. I think there's a lot of people who've had that experience, or are in that experience right now, even. Yeah. So, being able to share that is a is a powerful thing because it's a really tough place to be in. Really it's 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 a torture, in. and if that's like, you, like just I want you to know that there is community, and that there is there are people who are safe that you can talk to, and. Um, that to, to seek those out because there are other ways of looking at the world. You are loved. God loves you how you are. And um, that's something I firmly believe, that God loves me for me um, and that he created me. But it took me quite a while to get there. So if you're in that space, you're not alone. Um, and wherever you end up, know that God cares for you how you are because it's um, definitely something that um, I wish I had embraced sooner and had understood sooner that God God is not the person that's torturing you. Like, God wants you to be happy and healthy. And in the space that you're in is neither of those two things. And you can be. And that there's hope for that. Um, and you can be that and, and not have to give up God. No, yeah, you can be that and not have to give up God and not have to, to give up. And many people have still great connections with their religious community 
and that's doable and just is a matter of either finding or creating. I think you had talked about creating. Um, you, you just went into the deciding that you were going to create your own community, right? Yeah, just make my own space. <laughs> I'm going to make my own space because I know God loves me, and I, that's not my experience. I spent a long time trying to fit into an expectation, and um, the world is a much bigger place, and God is much bigger than I let him be mm. um, at that point in, in my life. So, yeah. Now, if you're, like, like we're speaking to, you know, people who, who may be in this experience in themselves, but looking at, like the institutions and these religious, you know, organized religions in themselves, you know, what do you feel like you wish those faith communities knew? I wish that they, if they don't know already, there are a lot of gay people in your community. Mm. Um, There are people who are gay and go to church, and there may be a fair amount of them who have, are afraid of being, uh, just even having a conversation around their sexuality or their identity and feeling like they will be excommunicated or disowned or treated poorly because of something that they literally have no control over. It's not something I chose. If I had the, if I had the ability to not choose that back then, I begged God to take that away from me. Like, it's not because I sat there and was like, oh, I'm just going to, no. Like, I, if I had, at, at that point in time, given any other option I would have chosen, I would have done anything for that. And I tried. Like, I tried every possible thing that I knew of um, to make that go away. I mean, it, it's not. It's part of who I am, and that's okay. God knows that. He's known that since he made me. And, um, But, yeah, so no, at that point in time. Yeah, I think that's important, too, for faith communities to know. Like, there, there are gay people in your community, and they're listening to you. They, and they, the unspoken they are messages. listening to you. Yeah. yeah, they're seeing how you treat others. They're noticing those things, and they, yeah. And it's, it's, it may not even be spoken. You may have actually mistreated, but someone, when you tell somebody that it's... Um, that being being gay is not okay, and that that's not something that's okay. And I think I think the official stance of the church currently, because they had a lot of discussion and dialogue for a while. I have a friend who's been involved in those discussions, um, but the official stance at the moment in time is that you can be gay and stay same-sex attracted and come to church. That's no problem, but you can't act on it. So as long as you're not actively committing homosexual acts. That that's not okay, which um, is difficult to explain to people that those desire to love someone that you loved and um, and to be told that that's not okay, that you love and care about someone as a real person. Um, yeah, this isn't just like some, some sex It's not desire. a sex This is act. not a sex thing. No, this thing. is not like a sex is thing. This is a sexual intimacy. This, this is, is intimacy. This is relationships, partnership. like And, a, a, yeah, how you want to share life. So no, I'm not here to say that that's the wrong tenet. It's just that that's a very hard one for people in your community that are gay and they haven't talked about it, or people that would love to be still a part of your community, but you've told them with your words or not your words that they're not welcome. Um, But there are a large amount of people who are actually gay and who still go to church, and you guys are just doing don't ask, don't tell, or Mm -hmm. just don't do anything about it. You can be here, but as soon as you find someone that you want to be with, that's no longer okay, and you can't do that. So where does that put you now personally? Like in this space, in this moment in time in your life, how are your sexuality, your sexual identity, and your faith living together? That's a great question, <laughs> and it took me a long time to get here. So if you think this is like a magical overnight thing, it's not. Uh, I do not. Okay, but <laughs> good. In case anyone else thinks no, yeah. no, this is a journey, not a destination. <laughs> I have not arrived. Um, when, I, when I came out here, what forced that uh, to be dealt with and reconciled in a way that 
I had to actually sort through my religious beliefs because before I had been trying to just ignore my sexual identity and living life like that. And when I moved out here, I finally was just like, well, I guess I'll just find God. I won't be involved with anyone. I'll just be celibate. Like, well, just okay. do that. Well, I, I can do that. And then I met someone out here that I wanted to spend my life with. And then I realized that I could not just do that. And it was not going to just work. Oh, no. New plan. New plan. <laughs> now what? And it was a very, I was a, oh gosh, just such a painful process. Uh, it's like having your soul ripped out mm. and having to, to realize that the constructs you grew up with cannot work and still allow you to be a, a mentally healthy person. Because um, I had, I did, I had finally, I talked to several different, I had got connected with a person who did uh, some counseling on, okay. on a Christian Adventist based side. And I, I, we were having conversations and I would visit with her and that, that was a huge support. But at that point in time, um, this is such a long story to get to where am I at now, sorry. Okay. Um, and I, I was like, does this ever change? And she's like, well, honestly, no. Mm. You'll probably have those attractions for the rest of your life. And then I, I, that was at the point where I was just like, then what the hell am I doing? Like, what am I trying to do to change all this? This is never going away. Now what? Yeah, why put all your energy into that if, if this is not if going that's to how change? Because I have spent remain. the last 13, 20 years such a long time, so slow, um, trying to make this work, like trying to make these feelings go away and they're not going to go away, so now what? And I love someone and what am I going to do about that? Um, and I came out to my family and all of oh, that. Wow. So all of that has happened within the last five years. Um, so I had to come out to my family. I did that a few at a time and then slowly in the last five years to friends, people on Facebook, like that slowly become the norm but my religious community um i never came out in that community i quit going because um i was i went to i was going to church and uh, i still went to church and it was such a difficult thing because i was still trying to sort all of that like what do i believe mm -hmm. how do i deal with this because it's not going away and i was still going to church and the community, like you said, the community is a big deal. People treated me fine. But after, in one month, I had three, a month and a half, three sermons on why homosexuality was bad. Cool. While I was trying to sort all of that stuff. And finally, um, one of my, my friends out here said, like, maybe you just need to not go for a while because this is killing you. And it was. Like, uh, the amount of emotional, mental, spiritual toll that it took on me was intense. Like, I cried pretty much every day which wow. is not healthy, Yeah, no, but it happens. Yeah. But when you take apart something in your life that's been your entire life, so what do you boil it down to? And what do you take and what do you leave? And how can I, how can I be saved like I care about that? And finally, I had to get to the point where my current construct is, is that I am human. And I don't understand what portions of my humanity can be adjusted and still be me all the time but this is one of them that I know is not changing because I have God knows I tried if, if anybody in this universe could <laughs> have done you. it it would have been me I don't want to chew my own horn anything but I can jump hoop like nobody's business and I did and I jumped hooped and jumped hooped and jumped hooped 
for expectations and trying to really truly be a good example because I do care and I taught kids and that mattered to me more than I can you know I don't want to give you a bad representation of who God is um, but the reality is is that God is way bigger than I gave him credit for that he is not so narrow as a standard um, and that if he created me he's known I've had this all along and I am human um, and he created people for love and connection. If, if the two large pieces of the commandments boil down to love God and love your neighbor, then how do I do that? Mm. And does that have to look like everybody else? No. If I can believe that God can save any person, you, wherever you are at in life because you and he are connected and your journey hasn't brought you through this certain pathway, then, then I need to be able to accept that for myself as well. This is my pathway, and God loves me how I am, where I am, and where I'm at, no matter what religious community I'm in. If he's not big enough to do that, then why is he God? Fair, fair question. And so if that, that's where it leaves me. And then if I know this is not a, like, what do you call it, a discourse on faith. <laughs> Um, and I don't even know that I've answered your question, right? That's like, what I want is it's where it's where you're at, right? And so this is at. this is where you we've come to. This is the space where you see yourself, truly yourself, and your relationship with God intersecting. This is yeah, there and there's that's how it works. And for it's you not now. a religion for me. Mm-hmm. It's that God has to love me how I am, where I am. Do I think that He has things that help me treat people better in His commandments? Yes. I need to treat people with care and concern and respect and love. Um, but that doesn't mean that they need to all look like me or vice versa. Mm. And that doesn't mean that their path needs to look like mine. And I don't need to fit you into a box or a mold. How you keep a day of worship is yours because you and God have a different connection. Whereas when I grew up, I thought it was a standard of excellence. Instead, it's a principle. And the principles are that God and I what does that look like? How do I give love back to him? Well, it's how I treat his people. Including yourself. Including myself, which has been such a hard journey for me. And that I'm just as valuable as anybody else to him. Um, and that a religion doesn't get to tell me that. Um, that my value to God is because he made me and has nothing to do with what I have done to get there. And the standards that he has for me are living a happy life that helps other people live a happy healthy life like those are the principles that are my guiding principles at the moment is caring for people being healthy for myself and then also for other people and whatever that looks like to help you be happy and healthy that's not my judgment Mm. but my judgment is is that I loved you for you that I supported you for you and that you and God can have a connection that works for you because yeah, do I want more constructs than yet? Yeah, some of those I'll follow or not, but that doesn't have anything to do with my faith set. My faith is set in who God is and not in his uh, hoops because his hoop is not who he is. His hoop is, um, and that's really a poor word because I don't know that our community listening to this is going to want to be like, that's just a hoop. What do you mean it's just a hoop? I don't know all the hate comments I'm going to get. It's just a way to visualize. A way to visualize. A way to visualize the concept. Is that if I, if I say that these are the standards that need to be met, those are the standards that need to be met in my life now in order to treat other people well. That sounds solid. I'm not going to go steal your stuff because it harms you. Right. Yeah, I think, 
I mean, if I, I, to do no harm to someone else and to care for people and then to have a connection with, with God how he is. So I wish, I wish that religious communities, I guess, had a dialogue. Conversation, right? It's important to, it's even like you said, so much of it wasn't talked about. And when no. things aren't talked about, they, they become taboo. They become these mm-hmm. internalized beliefs and concepts and there's no space to even go. So even just providing safe spaces for conversation where it's not the end result is to make you think X, Y, Z, but it's for you to express yourself and sort out how you might feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the power in that would be something really It would be worthwhile. very powerful because I know that people uh, in the LGBTQ community are very religious or faith-filled people. They care about other people. They create own families. They work hard to support positive causes. Like this is yeah. Being LGBT plus like does not exclude you from no. also being a faith-based person, and that is a message that I think is really out there. Like, yeah. well, if this is who you are, you cannot be any of that. And it's like, whoa, why not? You know, and that's hopefully we're having these conversations here, right? Where we're able to to talk about, yeah, this is my experience, and here's where I am now. And and as we get more people able to share, you know, being able to say, yeah, we are all here, all different letters of the alphabet soup, all different faith backgrounds and belief systems, and it's, we're all here. We're all human. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's that. And that's enough to qualify you. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, man, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing yeah. your story and, and being vulnerable, you know, and, and going through all those, those different phases of, of your life experience here with us in this moment. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. This was excellent. Hopefully, you guys can be back with us and, and hear another journey and uh, do it bi-weekly-ish. So That's right. Stay We want to stay fluid here. Yes, yes always. <laughs> stay tuned. Mm-hmm. And um, before we go, got to ask, what's your favorite boba tea? Uh, my favorite boba tea, well, my favorite boba tea is mango boba tea smoothie. Mm. Yep. Oh. Mm. But my tea tea favorite is coconut milk tea half sweet with large boba nice yep that's gonna be my next order all right fantastic you should try it fabulous well if you want to check in with what we're doing you can follow us on twitter at queer religion podcast or you can email us if you want to send us a message or, or give us some thoughts or ask some questions we'd be happy to reply to those it's queer religion podcast at gmail.com so thank you so much and we'll listen to you next time no, you'll listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you listen to us, but we'll listen to you if you drop us a note on our Gmail. Exactly. All right. Have a good one.